Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. And welcome to you all, members and friends of New Life Horizon Church. Good morning. Good morning. I must first give honor to God and to our pastor, Ava Green, for affording me this opportunity this morning. The privilege is mine, but I crave your presence. I crave your prayers and I crave your attention this morning. This is a word for me, by the way. I would like to use as a topic for my message today, partiality. Showing partiality and the question that follows is partiality a sin? This is supported by James 2 verses 1 to 9, and I will be using different translations as I go along. For the next few minutes, my hope is that by the end of this message, you will be able to answer this question for yourself. Is partiality a sin? It is also my intention this morning to yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit and with his help, as we discuss this topic, we would have a clear understanding of the sovereignty of God and our role as Christians and why we are called Christians. Lord, anoint your word. Anoint your word, Holy Spirit. Let your word bring transformation, not only to us that we can hear the word, but Lord, that we are doers of the word and doers of your will. Lord, we thank you this morning for this opportunity. My topic, as I said before, is showing partiality and is partiality a sin. We call ourselves Christians, but the early church did not call themselves Christians. They were called Christians by those who saw their Christ-likeness and marked them as followers of Christ. Everywhere they went, they did good. They exhibited Christ-likeness. They walked like Jesus Christ. They talked like Jesus Christ. That's why they were called Christians. So let's look at each other. There goes a Christian by your Christ-likeness. So what is the definition of partiality? According to the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, partiality is an unfair bias in favor of one person or one thing compared with another person or another thing. Partiality can be used interchangeably with other words that in the English language teachers, we regard them as synonyms. So some of those words would be biases, prejudice, 
favoritism, having an affinity towards something, leaning towards another thing, doing one thing as against doing something else, having or showing an inclination towards one thing or another. But this morning, I'm going to ask you to look at yourselves. Look deeply in the mirror this morning. This morning is the morning that you have permission to focus on yourself. Do an introspective, deep look in the mirror and see who you see. I have a few questions that I'd like to ask. Do you exercise partiality towards anyone? Do you? Well, I hear a resounding no in the room. But if there is one other person than myself whose answer is yes, thanks for your honesty. We do. Thank you. I do too. So may I talk with you? Let's reason together. But are you aware that you are sinning? Are you aware? Not consciously, right? Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help. The scriptures um, that was on my slide from James 2 verses 1 to 9. I will not read it. It's a very familiar scripture. And for the sake of time. I will read parts and verses according to what I want to illustrate. So James 2 verses 1 to 4 from the New Living Translation reads as follows. My brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you hold the faith. I'm reading now from the English Standard. Thank you very much. As you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place. While you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourself and become judges with evil thoughts? I think the New Living Translation says, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives. Verses eight and nine reads, indeed, it is good when you obey the commandments, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show favor to some people over others, 
you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. Thank you so much. Thank you. Think about it. When given the opportunity to choose, do you give to people you believe are more deserving over others you believe are less deserving? Are you more willing to help those people who you believe are worthy of being helped over those you deem less worthy? Digging deeper, do you give your best gifts to those you like better than those you don't like so much? Rather than asking God where to give and follow is leading over your own? Let me put a plug in. Are you giving into missions? And as such, are you sowing into God's kingdom? Are you partnering with New Life Horizon Church or any other church to further God's kingdom and fulfill God's purpose while here on earth? What criteria do you base your generosity on? Are you being partial towards one thing while God is speaking to you about something else? That sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. Are you giving generously to kingdom building? Let me repeat those questions for you so that you can ponder on them and let it sink in for a while. I will do this for emphasis. Number one, do you give to people you believe are more deserving over others you believe are less deserving? Number two, are you more willing to help those people who you believe are worthy of being helped over those you deem less worthy? Do you give your best gifts to those you like better than those you don't like so much? And my fourth question is, what criteria do you base your generosity on? We have heard time and time again from our pastor, Evergreen, that partial obedience is disobedience. Evangelist Bailey reminded us a few weeks ago when he gave his message on this same platform that partial obedience is disobedience. I have coined an acronym P-O-I-D, to help me as I'm getting on in age to remember that partial obedience is disobedience. Let us be more deliberate. Let me be more specific. Let me practice. Let us practice what we preach. James in, is reminding us in James 2 and verses 9 in the New Living Translation. But if we favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. 
So you might say I favor Janet over Jennifer because Jennifer is not as cooperative in the office. Janet is also more friendly while Jennifer is not. And so we could find merits. We do. But digging even deeper. Pray for people you believe deserve your prayer time, your efforts, that you stop whatever pray over those who seem beyond hope or less important in your eyes. Let me paint a scenario for you. If I ask you to pray for someone named Mark, and I tell you that Mark is in the hospital, is and why is in the hospital? God to whom you are praying knows Mark's needs. He's in the hospital, so he must be sick. God wants the best for Mark. Our prayers should be requesting God to do his will in Mark's life according to the plan and purposes he has for Mark. Similarly, on my family chat line, if I put a text in which reads like this, please pray for Ava. In two minutes, tops, Wade would be calling me. Grams, is mom all right? And here's the text coming in right away. And in my mind's eye, I can see Ashley running down the hallway. Grammy, is mom all right? Can you imagine now that she's in Kenya? I would tell them that the prayer request is for Ava Cunningham. The intensity of Wade's or Ashley's prayer should be the same as they would pray for Ava Green. Is it still favoritism? It is still showing partiality if they pray with any less intensity for Ava Cunningham as they would pray for Ava Green. As Christians, our prayers should be focused, intentional, and listening to petition heaven on Mark's behalf or on Ava's behalf. Newsflash, newsflash. By the way, Ava Cunningham is my four-year-old great-granddaughter. So how do you think God is reacting to this? When we come half-heartedly on, on one of his dearly beloved children, 
notwithstanding the facts presented. This is partiality. This is favoritism. It is a sin. Although many believers may not consider favoritism a serious issue or something to give their full attention to, God makes it clear. Showing partiality is not okay. It's a hard concept to grasp because as believers, we may think it is not sinful because there are many passages in the Bible where it says that God gives favor. As in Psalms 84 and verse 11, Psalms 5 and verse 12, Psalms 106 and verse 4, it's there. When God accepted Abel's offering, but rejected Cain's, based, this, all of this was based on Abel's obedience and his attitude towards God. Jealousy, resentment, and a murderous rage, nonetheless, resulted in the first murder recorded in the Bible. Read Genesis 4 if you don't believe me. God distinguishes his giving favor and showing favoritism as he is the only one qualified to give favor because of his character. Let me list just a few just a little toops, as Anne would say, of God's character. God is sovereign. God is just. God shows favor for his purpose, for his glory, to whom he chooses, and for the destiny he alone can foresee. So hands down, He's sovereign. God is just. Can you take that responsibility on that you can say that you're sovereign or that you're just, that you can be partial to whomever you choose? Can you take that responsibility on? I dare you. I dare you. But if you can, talk to me off air. So setting aside this misconception, the Bible tells us, for God does sh not show favoritism. Romans 11, and if you read verse 12, you'll get a clearer understanding. Romans 2 and verse 11, for God does not show favoritism. It is a challenge, however trying to convince some Christians that partiality or favoritism is not a good thing because we do not possess the character to do justice to anyone. Some Christians don't even consider showing partiality sinful or doing anything wrong. Some believers, too, 
even think it is wise and a discerning practice that they can justify favoring some individuals over others, even seeing certain persons as more deserving to receive their kindness, their generosity, and even their prayers, as I mentioned before. Preach, woman, preach. Through favoritism, Isaac towards Esau and Rebekah towards Jacob instilled a spirit of competition, strife and resentment between the two brothers. That led to an ongoing feud going on even now, more than 3,500 years later. Fact check me, as pastor would say. Read Genesis 25 and 27. Fact check me. James 2 verses 1 and 4. James addresses this condition within the church. James revealed the sinfulness behind it. Verse 1 says, My dear brothers and sisters, thanks, Reverend Bolt, so I can speak to the brethren. No partiality. How can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? Doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Sadly, there are Christian leaders, Christian bosses, even parents, grandparents who are aware but lack the will to push against their own perspectives. But God calls us all to serve one another, regardless of rank, position, or disposition in life. Irregardless, serve wholeheartedly as unto the Lord, not specials or for special interests or special persons. We are all God's handmade children. Ephesians 6 and verse 7 to 9, and I'll paraphrase, says, serve wholeheartedly all of God's children. Unfortunately, this is a struggle. As humans, we all want to feel more important. Therefore, our own personality traits rises to levels that are not Christ-like and causes us to act and behave contrary to God's principles. Favoritism, partiality, is deeply rooted in sin. Paul in Philippians 2 and verse 3 urges us, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others 
above yourself. So in summary, partiality is a sin. Favoritism is sinful. God is sovereign and God is the only wise, just God to give favor. Partiality or favoritism hinders the manifestation of the fruit of the spirit and can give birth, will give rise to the spirit of offense. We have all been shown, have all been the objects of favoritism or partiality of at least one time in our lives. And it did not feel good. Stop it. Let us show more love. Let us be more gentle. Let us be more kind. Not high-handed. Even when you can. And exercise the ultimate self-control. Everywhere you go, to everyone you meet. But how do we overcome this sinful tendency called partiality? How do we overcome it? The scripture provides direction on how to overcome this tendency to play favorites. The first way we can do this, and I'll give just, just three for sake of time. The first one in which we can resist this tendency to call partiality or favoritism is to ask God for direction. In Esther 2 and verse 9, Esther pleased Agai to win his favor. When King Azarias was looking for a new queen to replace Queen Vashti, God favored Esther with wisdom. She required nothing but what Agai, the king's attendant, advised or suggested that she should do. That was a wise move by Esther. God favored her. And who better to know the king? That has the, had to be a download from the king himself. The king almighty God. To listen to the attendant of the king. Agai knew the king the best. Esther obtained grace in the sight of all who saw her. She won the crown and was crowned Queen Esther, God's favor. When tempted, Look to God for help. Proverbs 3 and verse 5 and 6 urges us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. The second way we can overcome this tendency 
to show partiality is to freely give. Free, freely give. Give without partiality. Give of your best. Your love, your time, your resources. Give of your best at all times. Why should you give of your best at all times? Because God has freely given us all things. His all he gave us. Romans 8 and verse 32 says, He did not spare his own son. So we should respond not from who someone is or what someone is not, your motive should be because it pleases God. Proverbs 3 and verse 27 encourages us. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act or so to do. And there's many more. But the third one that I want to touch on this morning is how we elevate our faith in overcoming this partiality business. Interject faith in your everyday life. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Read this in James 1 and verse 3. We are being taught on faith. For the past few months now, we can recite without faith, we cannot please God. Am I lying, Ruth? God rewards those who earnestly seek him. Seek him earnestly. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Resisting partiality or favoritism is in itself a faith walk. Ask God to show you how to be impartial and to reveal to you any way you have been practicing partiality or favoritism, whether in church, at work, or even in your own families. Resist this temptation. Strongly resist it. When confronting a situation where you have to choose how to respond to God's people, how to respond to God's children, God's children and God's people, by the way, means everyone. Ask God to lead you and lean on his understanding over your own. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing your spirit to conform us so that you can transform us into your liking. And Lord, thank you for not giving up on me, giving me the obedience when I felt like quitting and the boldness, God, to share what you asked me to share. And like Paul in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 27, Lord, I pray that after I have preached to others, I myself 
will not be disqualified for the prize. I myself will not be a castaway. Thank you, Lord, that you have given me the desire that I will offer myself as an example to those that I have the opportunity to be of some influence. God, I thank you for this privilege. Thank you, Lord. I thank you. But I'm mindful that not everyone under the sound of my voice has accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, has invited Jesus into their heart, has asked for forgiveness of their sins, confess that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave to give you new life. We here at New Life Horizon Church would like to walk this journey of faith with you. God has forgiven you of your sins and we would like to help you along this faith journey through Bible study, prayer, fasting, just to connect with you. Iron sharpens iron. But this decision can only be made by you. Also, is there anyone who has decided to recommit their life to Jesus Christ? Get back on track. Come journey with us. We want to live our lives walking by faith with eternal life as our only goal, our prize, our reason for living. Let the Holy Spirit guide us all. Let the Holy Spirit guide us together. Call us at 469-333-0397. The next few words you will hear, let it be a melody that will resonate with you for a long time. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Oh, only Jesus. Oh, only him. I've made my choice, my decision. I've made my choice, my decision. Oh, only Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, and as your word went forth, thank you for receiving those who made this first step heaven rejoices. Thank you, Lord, for those who have decided to recommit their lives to you. I pray, Lord, that your spirit will rest upon them today. Grant them clarity of mind in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that your word will not return to you void. Lord, we bless and honor your name. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Thank you Amen. all for spending your morning with me this morning. 
thank you for spending time with us here at New Life Horizon. New Life Horizon Church is not physical location as yet. We are on this Zoom platform. Call us at 469-333-0397. For further details, we can tell you how to connect with us. We are waiting for your call. And for further reading, you can read Proverbs 3, Romans 8, Ephesians 6, Romans 2, James 1, and James 2.